We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Left just gave you the conversations and the changes that need to take place during the bye week at Notre Dame. He broke it all the way down. He even went to the defensive side of the ball, which is a much shorter list of conversations and changes. As always, we are on CFB Nation, presented by Twit. It's the T. That's right. I was getting loose this morning. Let me see if I can show you left. You see my turntable over there in the corner? <laughs> okay. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm 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 about to get back into my DJing, man. Really? Yeah, I got it. Let me tell you what inspired me, dude. You know, I watched, I watched, I don't know, you know, I watched the view. Right? And I watch it because I like I, I watch it because I think uh Whoopi Goldberg is an incredible moderator. He is. You mean she is? She is. So it's all good. So that's really why I watch the view. I think she, man, I watch her. She controls her emotions, you know. And as, you know, someone that's leading, you know, and just really trying to be a a co host that leads the conversation on a podcast and tries to alley you, you every day, you know. I work at my craft. I try to become better at it, left. And the conversation came up today. One of the co-hosts, Joy Behar, uh, just wrote her first play and became a playwright at 80. And she was like, yo, you're never too old to find something. There's always something you can do yeah, to improve yourself. And that kind of inspired me, dude. And I remember one of the things that brought me a lot of joy, you know, when I was a teenager going into college was DJing. Not even at parties, just like in the basement. Really? Like at, at my boy's crib. Like, I didn't want to be in front of a crowd at a club, but like literally just being able to like, because his brother was a DJ and we would wait for his brother to leave. And we would yeah, hop go on. down there and get on it. <laughs> yeah, we would hop on, you know? and. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I already have the uh, internal system to do it on my computer, but uh, I have one more turntable to get. 
I'm gonna start practicing my scratching and everything. Oh hell yeah! There you yeah, go. Get, get my cue on from Juice. <laughs> now, where would you? Where would you like? Where would you do it now? You know what? Like the ultimate thing would be for me left. We are celebrating our 25th anniversary next year. My ultimate would be to like DJ at our anniversary. Oh, that'd be like, good. Like do a 30 minute set. Oh, hell yeah, that'd be good. You know what I'm saying? A 30 minute set that represents us. Because music is like huge in our relationship. I would do like a 30 minute kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. I would do a 30 minute set that represents us and that would be the pinnacle for me bro wow that would be the pinnacle for me this piece i'm doing this is just like a hobby just to like you know get to spin like it said, again man new records to mix you know man i man my scratching was the yo i could scratch okay yeah i could scratch that was my thing my blending wasn't as good as my scratching you know, blending from one song to the next song. Right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But you could run it back. Get Woo! That. Run it back. And, eh, eh, eh. Yeah, dude, that was my thing. I told you, I wanted to be Q, bro. Remember Q was making a tape for his audition? Yeah. He was going through those. He's making money. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that was who I wanted to be. Which is kind of like a battle DJ more than like, you know, a DJ that does parties and clubs. Yeah, because he was doing those competitions. Absolutely. Right? So that was really my vision. Like, yo. Be a battle DJ, but um, yeah. Once again, don't forget poll question of the day on our YouTube page. What change? What's the most important change you want to see taking place? Do you want to see change at quarterback, change at linebacker, changes at wide receiver, 
or changes in the coaching room with adjustments. Those are the options. You can go to our YouTube channel right now. The link is also up on Lucky Lefty Pod on Twitter. Cast your vote. At this point, let me refresh it because I'm sure people have been voting over the last couple of hours left. Uh, let's see. Coaching adjustments leads the way at 57% left. Uh, I'm sorry, it wasn't wide receiver room. The options were quarterback, offensive line, linebacker, and coaching adjustments. Uh, 57% coaching adjustments, 28% quarterback, 11% offensive line, and 3% linebacker. Go cast your vote right now. Lucky Lefty Podcast YouTube. It's a lot of people... Also commenting, man, left saying that uh, Gino Gadouli needs to get a shot at OC. I don't know about that, but hey, we'll see, man. Wait, Gino, hey, man. Ian, hold on. Gino Gadouli. Yeah, fans think they, at... they think that Gino needs to get a shot at some of the play call. I don't know where that's coming from. I mean, I mean, I told you it's the fans left. I mean, you know that well. Hey, they're frustrated, bro. They desperate for anything. I mean, how they frustrated. I think Gino Gadulli would be. I just, I just envision him as a better developer. Who knows? I mean, at this point, if you hiring guys who've never done it Yo. before, why not Gino? You don't continue to stream. What, what are you working with, dude? Pacific Bell out there, dude, with the Wi-Fi. Man, listen. <laughs> <laughs> Just know you got to keep your electronics away from your kids, man. <laughs> Hold on, let me see if I can fix this. <laughs> oh, man. Let me see if I can fix this. Hold on. <laughs> oh, man. Lucky Lefty Podcast. So I wanted to play this right quick, Left, because I know we played it yesterday, but okay. after the show, something jumped out to me and it really scared me, Left. This is Jack Kaiser once again, post-game against Clemson. You can't really focus on what's going on on the other side of the ball. Um, when you're a veteran-led group like we are, you know, we're very fortunate to have a lot of leaders. And we're, you know, we're not focused on that. We're internally motivated, right? We don't care what the circumstance is going out on the field. We know that we got to go out there and do our job um, day in, day out, every snap. So... You know, at, at the end of the day, like most of the time, you're not even watching that much because you're on the sideline, you know, getting coaching points, talking to each other. Um, and so, you know, when it's our time to go on the field, we got to perform. And uh, that's what we're most concerned about. So, yesterday, I was very impressed with Jack Kaiser and his accountability and how I felt like his comments were 100% authentic in comparison to Sam Hartman. That's his right. Post game comments. But after hearing it, I said, God, dog it left. He's right. Jack Kaiser is pretty much saying we can do this because we're an experienced group. Yeah. Like we played a lot of football games. Together too. Yeah. And then I thought about both sides of the ball next year, especially if Xavier Watts decides decides to leave. Oh no, he's hot right now, but yeah. He come Notre out, he really Dame, cook it. 
Well, see, this is my thing. We've all seen, you know, Fox, NBC, ESPN all do stories on Xavier Watts and his family situation with his dad. I can't fault that young man for hitting while the iron is hot and getting that money. Man, go ahead and get that money. To help his family. I, as much as I would love to see him come back, right, because he's only done it for one year. We just need the NIL collective to step in. That's all. No, they ain't got the resources. Exactly. That's This is one of those examples where we need the NIL collective to say, hey, X, we got you. The young man has graduated already, huh? He's graduated already. So, you know. Oh, yeah, he needs to get like, paid. People, people are like, yo, he needs to come back. Like, dude, you've seen the special on this man's dad? That young man needs to go take care of his family. He needs to make life better for his family. You know? But Notre Dame is going to be a very inexperienced team next year, left. That's what that's what jumped out to me. I'm listening to Jack Kaiser and I'm like, I dog, we're gonna be inexperienced next year. But this is how you save the season. You got three games, weeks of bowl prep, bowl game, a lot of reps, a lot of game time that you can get in when you transition to going younger, but you got to commit to it. Got to bench Sam. Send him home. Hell. <laughs> he don't got enough credits to graduate nothing anyway. Not send him, send him home, though. Send him home. Give him a nice little varsity jacket, a nice congratulatory package. Get him out of there. Steve, you got to play today. We're throwing you in the fire. It's Notre Dame. Not having any any more hanger owners. Yeah. Either you can play here or you can't. Because we recruit. Like guys are going to come in and play tomorrow. Cam Williams is expecting to come in and play tomorrow. Well, Cam Williams is a totally different, totally different wide receiver. Totally different wide receiver. And how you think Cam, they got him there? Because we said he's going to play. But see, Cam Williams is the type of wide receiver you like, yo, get the ball in this dude's hands. Reverses, quick screens, fly routes, quick slants. Just like Jeremiah Love. He can do it all. Exactly. Exactly. I don't think we ever, like, Brian Roberts and myself never looked at Jaden Greathouse or Rico in that fashion. We just we just never did. You know, and I still don't want that pressure on Cam Williams when he sets foot on campus. It's automatic. We, you yeah, see that let, it, we got let, it be, let it be automatic because he's that dude left. It's going to be forced. It, I mean, we forced Rico. No, Rico was kind of pushed into certain things. Hey, man, you know, I'm not about to go back to, I think the biggest mistake, in my opinion, was how it's just my opinion. Okay? The staff, for whatever reason, there's an issue between coach player. Staff, when it came to spring ball, alienated 
a certain wide receiver that's no longer at Notre Dame. By putting somebody that never played the position with the starters. Now, if you just want to have it be an open competition to see who becomes the starter, fine. Yeah, he's coming off a rough year, rough season, so no position is yours. But when you just anoint somebody that's never played the position, like he's with the starting group, you alienate. Like I said, as bad as he played, he had the most receptions and receiving yards returning to that room. You say what you want to say. And he would have had value, especially with the injuries as a veteran. So, look, man, you know, Notre Dame made some decisions that led to them being a little bit short, a little bit unlucky with injuries to Deion Colsey, who is, yo, Deion Colsey's going to be a dog next next year left. That's That's the normal path of wide receivers at Notre Dame. Yeah. Injuries their first three years, and then their senior year, they just take off. Yeah. So Deion Colsey's right on target. The Javon McKinley strategy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Damn near might, might be up for all-American status. You know mm-hmm. that. He's right on target. Jaden Thomas still did, dealing with hamstring issues. And now you're dealing with a lacrosse player that is now on scholarship with the football squad. That's your most explosive player. Two slot receivers as freshmen, because that's who they are. That was their strength. And now you're without your big time tight end. So, and you know, I wish I could have started out the wide receiver room with Tobias, but heck, you wasted a freshman year of development. Just wasted it. And then you tried to, you really just tried to kind of, you threw him in the starters as well. Just made, just made him a starter. Didn't, he didn't earn it. Made him a starter. Like, yo, we expected him to make a jump. We didn't really give him confidence last year. We didn't develop him, but heck, He's in our starting group. We, he's going to make the jump. Just osmosis. Automatic. Snap of the finger. Yeah, automatically. That's not how it works, man. Yeah, he doesn't even feel. He's, he's, like, he's like, well, how did I get here? He didn't have any skin in the game to be no automatic starter. I just showed you they putting anybody to, to force somebody to be the lead dog. And it's, uh, it's troubling. There's no... There's no competition in the room where a walk-on goes from walk-on status to scholarship in two to three weeks and becomes your best receiver. There's no competition in the room. You think we would have let Gummy Van Gorder, Hmm. a walk-on in that quarterback room at that time, gain a scholarship while me and Deshaun and Brandon and all of them playing? Are you kidding me? Speak on that, love. No, no, stay right there. Stay right there. Because you're saying something. Because that that's culture. Yeah. That's I mean, culture. 
that's not being disrespectful to that young man or like no or the, what walk-ons do and how valuable they are within football programs but just speak on that like the mindset like this dude ain't getting no scholarship yeah you just you just i mean now this is a different but like i said like like you said this is not a disrespect to them earning it mm-hmm. like shout out to chris fink but i was telling them they should have offered chris Fink before he got there but this is a I've seen he's at my high school. But I'm just saying, if you're a dog in that receiver room, mm-hmm. I'm taking all of that as disrespect. I'm the five-star guy. This dude was out here for another sport. And just because the two locker rooms are, are similar and close, he just walked in the other locker room on mistake. He was here for grades. You got thousands of kids fighting to get scholarships. They recruited me to come here. I'm a five-star, earned it, All-American. And then I let a walk-on a walk-on come in and beat the whole room out. I went from sitting in the front of the front next to the film, now I'm in the back next to the Gatorade. How? Walk on getting all the game time snaps. We calling timeouts. They calling number 80's number. And he just got here. Fans don't know him. But he getting all the catches. He the one looking the best. That's just crazy. I know that. You can, I, I even say it for Deshaun. You couldn't. You would have never... We would have never, ever let that happen in our quarterback room. It just wouldn't have happened. And respect to all the guys that were in the room, but there was just no way they were going to play over us when it came down to playing. Yeah, we I don't think it would have happened. I don't think it would have happened in the wide receiver room back then. Oh, no. And they were they were all competitively friends, but no, it wouldn't happen. Not no, not no walk-on. It just, it just wouldn't have. It just wasn't even room for it. Mm-hmm. Like the coaches wasn't looking that far on the depth chart to even try some shit like that. He just, it was, it was, you know, walk on just stayed on scout. Thank you for your service. But dudes was fighting for playing time the entire time. So it has to be a lead dog in the room to even set the pace. Which goes back to, uh, what you said, there is no lead dog in that room. And if you don't have a lead dog in the room, I, I would venture to say you don't have a culture in that room. That's it. And that's what made what Jack Cobb, I caught that. I'm like, yo, this team is going to be very inexperienced next year, bro. Like, who are the leaders on this team next year? Who are we really going to bring in a transfer quarterback to an inexperienced team? Are we really going to ask an inexperienced quarterback to lead an inexperienced team? And then the saving grace is okay, this this schedule next year is trash. This is the schedule next year is super mid. That's the only saving grace. 
like this is a schedule where you can actually allow a young team to grow and develop and get better and hopefully win games while doing it. Texas A&M to start, Florida State, USC in November. Florida State did an amazing job of throwing their guy out there, Jordan Travis. Yeah, he came here like and got banged. Like Notre Dame, but showed toughness though. Jordan Travis kept coming back. Kept coming back. I mean, his ribs to hurt that game. He went out for a couple of plays. Kept fighting. He kept fighting. Absolutely. He and went through a whole season of doing that whole thing. He did that thing the whole season. It wasn't just our game. Mm-hmm. And then what? What do you know? Transfer here, transfer there. Beefed up the O line here. Now you a three year starter. Oh yeah, it's time to go. Mm-hmm. It's no surprise. That's what happens when you stick with a guy in developing, and he becomes a dude. So we have potential on our roster to do that, but it's not going to be accomplished by packaging him with a guy we already know what we're getting, as in the transfer. Lucky Lefty Podcast. So, literally, if you go watch the Alabama game, I saw the bootleg flat layers with the levels hitting the running back out in the flat used. I saw the wide receiver coming in motion with the RPO and the running back leading the way for the quarterback run several times. Uh, the CBS broadcaster said Tommy Reese loves duo. That's his favorite running play. And Alabama ran it to death successfully against LSU and wore them down. And I sat there and I was watching and I was like, these are the exact plays that Tommy Reese used in the Gator Bowl against South Carolina with Tyler Buckner. Yeah. And I thought to myself, as much as all these Notre Dame fans and everybody have been sitting here pointing the finger at Jared Parker and talking about play calls. And Tommy Reese isn't exactly the most creative offensive coordinator. He's he's more experienced. He's not super creative. And he literally took the same game plan that he won the Gator Bowl with, with Tyler Buckner. And put up 42 on LSU with Jalen Milrow. And I was just sitting there like, yo, these, it was at least six to seven plays. And I'm like, yo, that is. I've always got upset with Tommy. Same play from the Gator. I've only got upset with Tommy because of who he's recruited to be the trigger man. Never Mm. really complained about his offense, only complained about Tommy and who he wanted as the trigger man for it to happen. I just thought it just didn't, it didn't match. Which is always what I've been upset about with Tom. Never about him being the best coordinator in the world. I thought he is decently good in that. It's just when it's just the same as when we talked about when really good coaches get really good players or coaches that may be in the middle of the row average. 
mm-hmm. and get really good players. The really good players are, are going to make things look really good. Mm-hmm. There's not too many really good coaches that make really average players really good. If you really think about it, it's not too many really good coaches that make really average players really good. There's always a component. There are some that exist. There's some. Yes. But it's more so you have really good players that make a lot more average coaches really good. Oh, say that again, though. You're going to make me pull out the organ for this one. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Keep going, love. Because when you think about it, Jalen Milrose is talent. The Alabama offense is talent. Mm-hmm. Hell, since they was getting Jerry Judy and Tua and Devontae Smith, they've had a lot of talent. Now, you put a guy like Bill O'Brien there, who outside of a really dominatingly talented team, he's really average. Mm -hmm. You put him with Alabama with really good players, he looks like the Bill O'Brien that can get a job anywhere. It's almost like a facade. Mm Mm-hmm. But the key and and the common denominator in all of it is really good players. So for Notre Dame, our problem is we got really good players, but the players we got need really good coaching. Now, really good coaching can elevate a good player, but it can't make a team great. Mm. Because the missing ingredient is the really, really good players. You can make a good team good, but you can't make them great without great players. But great coaching can only elevate an average team to a really good team. And that's what Brian Kelly was. I think he was a great coach for elevating, but never got the great, great players to match the coaching to get there. That championship game, we had really good players. Mm-hmm. But we played a team with great players and good yeah. coaches. <laughs> Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. So let let me take your point and kind of expand and try to connect. 
to something that, you know, yesterday was the first day of college basketball for men's and women's all over the country. Shout out to James Madison for smacking Michigan State. I just had to say that as an Illinois fan. But you know one thing that I had to admit? My joy is only temporary. You know why I left? Because you just talked about what elite coaches can do. Yep. I've seen Tom Izzo take mid-teams to the Final Four. I've seen it. Yep. Multiple times I've seen teams, Tom Izzo, ranked high, look terrible, middle of the season. I'm laughing as an Illinois fan. And all of a sudden, I look up in March. This dude's in the Elite Eight. He's in the Final Four. And I'm sitting here as an Illinois fan after the first game, like, well. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're spot on. Hey, Colorado. Your girl, Flo, uh, what's her name? Flo J. And uh, the other girl. Getting all Angel that Reese. In. Yeah, dude. Angel Reese looked a little slow. She needs to go run some gasses. Oh, yeah. She's out of shape for sure. Yeah, she's been thinking it too much over the summer. Go get in shape. Colorado kicked your butt. Kicking it. She been kicking it. She been kicking but, it. But you know what? Kicking That's it. cool. That's cool. Because LSU was the same way last year. They struggled early, and they hit their peak. You talked about that. They hit their you peak, right? That. Man, Notre Dame, nothing to be ashamed over in Paris. That's Don Staley in South Carolina, dude. That's a, that's a locomotive. That is a peak program. We don't got enough athletes for that. No, y'all not ready for that. No, no. You're not ready. I mean, they got, they got however, like an SEC team. <laughs> however... When you see when you see them, or if you see South Carolina in the tournament, it's not going to be the same game, right? No, you, gonna, you get Olivia Miles back, get her legs under her, tear That's her. That's what I'm saying. Olivia Miles Dalgo, wasn't there, you know, who's who's a beast. You know, the you let your young, nice. She's yeah, nice. you let your young big girls, you know, become acclimated, a little tougher. Kiki Branford, hey. You know, it won't be the same. Marcus Burden, let me tell you something. No name fans, I told you on IB Nation with Sean Styers that Notre Dame would struggle defensively early. But I said Booth and Marcus Burden are going to be dudes. Marcus Burden had 31. That cat Marcus Burden is a little, he's a diminutive cat. But that dude is a hooper. <laughs> he little though. It don't matter, left. That's a dog. <laughs> and he don't care, dog. He's gonna let you know. Oh, I'm a dog. I'm just concerned about his and son. I everybody just go watch. Even if you watch the condensed game, I think the condensed game from the men's game is on YouTube. Just pay attention. To the ATOs. I told people Shrewsbury was an offensive genius, dude. Offensive genius. Just look at the sets. When Notre Dame gets a little bit more shooting, a couple of other cats that can put it on the bounce or take it off the bounce left, 
Yeah. We yeah. gonna be all right. Yeah, they're gonna be on the popping, <laughs> dog. I mean, dude, this dude after timeout plays phenomenal. <laughs> he had him go. I didn't I didn't get to catch it, but I saw the highlight. I'm telling you, bro, they might shock people because everybody expects them to be like the bottom of the conference. Let them let Burton and Booth. Because you know, after you play 15 games, you're not a freshman. Not if you start. Especially by the time you get to February and March, you're not a freshman anymore. I'm telling you. You got something you're saying, of those two you're saying freshmen. Gonna really put us in good spots. Say it again. Oh, Shrewsbury? Oh, he can coach his butt off. They just yeah, a little yeah. small. <laughs> They're gonna get banged. They're gonna get banged on the boards. Yeah. They're a little small, they're a little thin, a little light in the pants. Yeah. Rebounding and defense. Yeah, they they'll get better. They'll get better. They'll get better. But offensively, we're gonna be competitive. And oh no, offensively goes back <laughs> to what you just said. This is why I went there. The problem, because no name fans are gonna be frustrated because they're gonna have nights where they look really good offensively. They're gonna have nights where they look uh, right. You know why? Because the coach is really good. He's elite. But his his roster is, mm, ain't quite there yet. So it's only so much he can Did do. Did he go through the same recruiting troubles as football? Notre Dame basketball? Yeah. I don't think it matters, bro, because I think the transfer portal impacts basketball far more than uh football really yeah if you do if you can if shrewsbury can come in and get one or two key transfers like he shows this is what we're building come play with marcus burton come play with booth and he can get some veterans to come in and transfer next year oh yeah you only need like one or two players that's it man he that thing is turned around yeah, you don't it's, need a lot of turn around. Yeah. That's that football is different. Yeah. Football is a little different. Like, yeah. Keon yeah, if he Coleman got like went a to shooting, Florida if he State. got like a nice shooting guard and a you know a physical big man. Yeah. Yeah. See, Keon Coleman just took Florida State over the top. Florida State was already ascending. They had been ascending. Keon Coleman just finally took them over the top and got them to that championship. Yeah, right? they had the pieces of like defensiveness stuff. Yes. Absolutely. So, and you can do that quicker in basketball. Hmm. You can do that quick in basketball. And Notre Dame might need one or two veteran transfers football-wise. But I just wanted to bring that up because it connected to Notre Dame basketball. Because I think you have two elite coaches, but they just don't have the dogs yet. They don't have the dogs. Neil Ivy can go. Neil Ivy can recruit. She can recruit yeah, guards can like crazy. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. She got the guards, and she can recruit on the outside wings for yes. sure. Yes. Now she has to go get now. The, she the got to get some. She got to get them. them no, 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 no. The girl from New York that's coming next year. Yeah. <laughs> she her, nice. her, yeah, her and her doggo are gonna be a problem. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's gonna be a problem. Left that pick and roll for two years. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but see now you got to go get a big nasty to protect her, right? Right, because right. she's really like a stretch 
skill big. Got it. He's a stretch, you know. So you go get some, <laughs> some people down there, some girls that can do the dirty work that can kind of protect her and let her play her game. Right. Oh yeah. She no night. Neil Ivy setting it up. Yeah, that's She's what I'm saying. Ivy's elite on the recruiting yeah. for sure. That's why if you watched the game yesterday, go watch the end of that game. She was very calm. Cause she knows. She knows. She, she knows. Like, she knows. She's she like, knows. I'm cool. She's like, we competed in the first half, and yo, South Carolina just went to a gear that yeah, we don't we have got, yet. Yeah, we don't got it yet. Yeah, yo, we don't have it, that gear. Dude, it's no shame in that. And it's early. It's super yes, early. It's early. Absolutely. Yeah, need, you can't even really Absolutely. Like that. It's like an exhibition still. Absolutely. Like basketball is so different than football. Football, you like, you concerned. Like when Oregon yeah. got blew out by Georgia first game, you're like, oh, yeah, Oregon going to have a tough season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or Georgia is going to win it yeah. all. Like, <laughs> it's one of those things. Yeah. Like Shrewsbury. Already made an offer to uh that kid I've been telling you about for like six months, Andre Brown Jr. Yeah, from like the twenty six nice class, like man. Okay, all right. <laughs> That's that six six wing right there, right there. Yes, and sir. He can shoot. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And he can handle. <laughs> and he taking it off the glass and bringing it up. Oh man. Oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That cat Shrewsbury is all up in Chicago. Yeah. Oh, he he he's not doing See, football. He is Chicago. Shrewsbury, he's not playing, dude. He's not playing. Shrewsbury is up. Yes, yeah, he's up here. Him and his him and his coaches. They in Chicago. They in Chicago. Oh yeah, they know. They know his hoopers here. They're not playing it slow, like the football staff. No. So Not Chicago gonna be waving the Notre Dame flag for basketball. Oh, it's already up. <laughs> they all do. Shrewsbury started raising that bad fella when he got the job. I'm telling you, Notre Dame fans got a lot to be excited about for the future of that that both basketball program. Both of them. Oh, yeah, both Absolutely. of them. Both of them. Man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lucky Lefty Podcast. So um, yeah, man, I agree with you, Lef. Uh, if, if you ask me today, does Notre Dame have a coaching problem or a player problem? I would quickly tell you Notre Dame has a player problem. Yeah. And some people might push back like, oh, Notre Dame has talent on this roster. They don't have the difference makers. See, that's to me, that's what I'm talking about. They don't have the quarterback, the wide receivers, or the defensive tackles yet. Even with hey. tight end, we've we've had great tight ends, but we never had a Brock Bauer. Left now, you know you're about to make people mad with Michael Mayer, bro. You already know. <laughs> Y'all, come on, man. We went through this the last two years with Notre Dame fans with Michael Mayer and Brock Bowers, man. Now you gonna bring it back up? Brock Bauer is a dude, man. Yeah. It's just, it is what it is. He's just a dude. He's, he's like, it's bigger than just a tight end category. He's a great football player. You know, he's not going to be hanging in the, the draft waiting rooms 
very long. And so that just speaks to his impact on the football field, not just as a position. Michael Mayer is a great tight end. He'll probably be a great tight end in the league. Yeah. Bob Bowers is just a, a great football player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's just, we have never had that at tight end. Eifert, okay, I would say Eifert, but Eifert didn't get the ball in many ways like Brock Bowers. We just used to throw it to Eifert. They'd be handing it to Brock, tossing Man. those screens to Brock, throwing it deep. I mean, whatever you want. So you're saying we've never had a tight end where you were just like, yo, we just have to get the ball in his hands. Like, we just got to find a way, any way we can to get the ball in his hands. As in our best skill player? No, we've, I don't think we've had that. I, From a talent, I'm talking about just he is the most important player on the field. We've had great tight ends, but the great tight ends have never been the most important player on the field. Yeah. Like, Brock Bowers getting the ball handed to him on third and fourth down. Yes. The yes. tight end. Yes. <laughs> yes. The yes. tight end take your handoffs on third and fourth down? When has that the tight end man, ever done that first? That man saved Georgia's season last year on a fourth and five when that dude did the matrix to get a first down. <laughs> the Ohio State safety hit this dude a yard and a half in front of the sticks, and that man put his hand down left. He put his hand down and kept himself elevated long enough so he could reach the ball across the marker left. Yeah. Yeah. I said, man, this dude is special. You never see nothing like that. This dude is yeah. special. Yeah. Hey, that's that's crazy, left. And look, I I might have to agree with you. I'm gonna think, let me think about it. Let me think about it. Because I'm trying to think if Tyler could have been used in that way with his skill set, and maybe he just wasn't used in that way. Tyler Tyler was too big to be taking end rounds mm. like Brock Bowers taking end rounds, like looking like a running back. Yeah. Making dudes miss. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's doing stuff that's yeah. like, all right, outrunning dudes down. The, like, come on. Like, you, Tyler Eifert was great at throwing it up. Yeah. Triple, double, whatever. Five yards, ten yards down the field, just throw it up. I'm gonna get it. Brock Bowers is like, I'm gonna I'm gonna snatch it from you. I'm gonna run you over. I'm gonna jump over you. I'm gonna make tough grabs. They gonna on third down, they might hand it to me. Mm-hmm. Fourth down, I'm the dude they going to. Not no skill position, not no running back. <laughs> They're going to me. <laughs> And I think another hot take is that Xavier Watts is more productive than Kyle ever was in one season. In one season. In one season. You asked me that the other day, and I was like, okay. All right. Kyle never led the nation in interceptions, and Xavier Watts is more of a run box safety than anything else. Man, did you see the hit he put on that tight end? He bore that boy. I'm telling you. Was he looking like George him. Jefferson holding his back. I'm telling you. I was like, ooh. X does. Xavier Watts is a run box safety that leads the country in interceptions. 
Kyle Hamilton has never done that. Kyle Hamilton has range. He's a playmaker. But Xavier Watts is a better football player. Leads the country in interceptions as a run box safety, as a converted receiver. The man could go play offense if he really wanted to. Definitely. I'm about to say something. Left, left, wait a minute. Because <laughs> I'm about to be. If, look, if you're sensitive and you're watching the show right now, just just step away for a second. We still want you to be he locked in. The nation. Just want you, yeah, just step away. If Xavier Watts went over to the offense during the bye week, he would be no lower than the second option. <laughs> let that sink in. We really got a Travis Hunter on let, the hands. Let that sink we in. We and really I'm not got joking. the real Travis Hunter. I'm not joking. I'm tweeting it out. I'm tweet. We really got the real Travis. I'm not Hunter. joking. We tweeting it I'm out. I'm telling you. I'm telling you what I know from watching practice and what I've seen from the current wide receivers. If Xavier Watts took the bye week and strictly worked with the wide receivers for two weeks, he would be no lower than the second option in the wide receiver room. Because I'm telling you what he did for the two practices when they were trying to get him to play both positions in practice. He was catching balls up over Cam Hart in practice, 50-50 balls. And he had to flat out sit down with Marcus Freeman like, man, look, I know I can do that, and I know we need help over there, but, man, I want to stay over here at safety. I'm really talking about I'm really, I'm not being disrespectful because I'm really trying to tell you how talented the young man is. He really is. I don't know if I would say he's on the level of trap, but he's that talented. He's that talented. And he would make an immediate impact. Immediate impact. Sam Hartman would love that dude. After one practice, like, oh, snap. We ain't had this this year. That's why I said if you're sensitive and you're going to take it a certain way, you know, just step away. I'm telling you, man. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I think it speaks to both ends. It speaks to his talent, but it also speaks to the deficiencies. I tweeted it out. I tweeted it out. Had to be tweeted out. He could be number two or three option on our offense right now. The real Travis Hunter. Xavier Watts leads the nation as a interceptions, as a run box safety. Not a corner. As a safety. Leads the nation. And he's a tackling safety. And he's, and he's, you, a, and he's a two-way player. It's not about, let me say what I'm saying. Let me clarify, because I don't want this to be end up on some message board misrepresenting what I'm saying, like I was disrespecting this guy and doing all that. It's not what I'm saying. Because it makes sense. I watched him in practice. He's a playmaker, bro. 
He's a playmaker. Whatever he does on the field, he's going to make plays. Some guys are just those dudes. If he goes to wide receiver and puts his time and focus into that, he's going to be a playmaker. He's, a, he's just a playmaker. This dude switched a totally different position that he had to learn. He's never done it. He had to learn the position and has become a playmaker because that's who he is. We watched him practice for two days. He was making plays. He would spend the first half of practice on defense. He came over and he wasn't even playing. He would do. Drew Pine was his quarterback. It wasn't even Tyler. He would just throw balls up. 50-50. X just coming down with. And I'm like, the young man's a playmaker. He's just a playmaker. I'm not sitting here saying this dude is the greatest thing since life's bread. But I believe it. He'd be the second or third option. Yep. Yep, easily. That's it. And right now, left as a Cam, Cam's a two way player. We might throw Cam back over there at receiver. If we you're right. To. I guess you're right. Heck, two of our top three defensive backs were, were recruited as wide receivers. Yeah. But no, it is. Don't let us do something nasty and put our, our, our best corner safety as our best two receivers. We'll do it. It's some players that are just playmakers. They make plays. They have a knack for the ball, whatever you want to call it. And as much as you want to talk about stars, and like, look. You just want kids to make plays. That's it. And he makes plays, man. He makes plays. And right now, rather than having a dude that runs a 4 3, I would rather have a dude that runs a 4 5, 4 6. That's a playmaker. That's it. I mean, that's the key. Now, that's, 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 why all the, that's why all the third round guys are in the league and all the first, second round guys are out the league. <laughs> right. Yo. He's a playmaker. Give me playmakers, man. All that combine, he run a 4 2, 4. No. Who's making plays? Who's making plays? You know? And, like, dude, I'm sorry. Just to right now at this point, it's irresponsible to even try to compare Marcus Freeman to Brian Kelly. Like, do you really want to line up Brian Kelly's first two years at Notre Dame on and off the field with Marcus Freeman and recruiting? I don't think you want to do that. I just don't think you want to do that. Uh, that's Like, don't do that. 
talking about Brian Kelly that had a decade of coaching experience. Like, why are you comparing him to a dude that had zero head coaching experience? Like, what are we talking about? Like, for everything that Brian Kelly is being, that dude don't have no national championship. So you can say, you can say what you want to say. Talk to me after Marcus Freeman has had eight to ten years under his belt. Because he Marcus Freeman was a better recruiter as a head coach his first day on the job. Period. He's a better leader of a coaching staff, in my opinion, the first day he took the job. Because I know the horror stories about how BK treated his coaches. How he ignored the mothers of recruits. Uh, Y'all really don't want to have this Brian Kelly conversation. You really don't. Y'all, you starting that Brian Kelly's better than Marcus Freeman stuff? Yeah. It's, it's way too early. You know, and that's fine. If that's your opinion. But the truth of the matter is, if Marcus Freeman wins out, he'll have one more win in his first two seasons at Notre Dame than Brian Kelly did. I'm just saying. It took Brian Kelly how many years to beat Clemson? Left? Took him a minute. Well, I'm sorry, bro, because if you don't get hurt, you guys beat them. So oh, yeah, we, yeah, we beat them. That's, that's unfortunate. And that's just my opinion. But it took him a while. Marcus Freeman did it in a, a year of turmoil with the least talented quarterback he probably will ever have during his time in Notre Dame. It's, you know, but I understand the, the frustration left from the fan base, man, and why, you know, frustrating. you're starting to see the posts about Marcus Freeman and, you know, the rants, and it's like, uh, you know, let's be better. It's literally, it's only been a year and some months. Like, relax. Yeah. Relax. Like, he doesn't even have his, the program is not even all his players yet. At least let him get all his players in the building. Well, the whole roster is his. Yeah, just give him time. But yeah, I I agree with you, Left. I would if right now, if you had me say, "Yo, coaches or playmakers, give me the playmakers," and it goes Every back time. once to our conversation with Quincy Avery, Notre Dame. All this stuff, you know, yeah, people can talk about South Bend and weather. Notre Dame has a has an NFL problem. Okay. Notre Dame has an NFL problem. 
at the key positions. And when they start producing first round, second round talent at quarterback, wide receiver, and defensive tackle, you'll see things change. That's the challenge facing Marcus Freeman. Regardless of the dysfunction, the challenge that's facing this coaching staff is what it is. Marshall, I agree with you. Marcus Freeman, in all fairness, is going to need three to four recruiting classes. You know, at the end of the day, we can can be honest about what the issue is from a talent standpoint in Notre Dame. And being honest about that does not mean that Notre Dame doesn't have talent. See, the people that want to go all the way to that extreme, like, man, we don't have any talent. That's not true. You can't go down to Georgia and compete, have the ball with a chance to win if you don't have talent. I've watched the teams that are supposed to be the up-and-comers in the SEC go to Georgia, smack double digits. Notre Dame has played Georgia twice, South Bend and Athens, and had the ball with a chance to win late in the fourth quarter both times. So you you can't sit here and say Notre Dame doesn't have talent. Do they have the talent? to take you over the top, over the top talent at the key positions, which goes back to, you know, me observing Tommy Reese really regurgitating the same plays from the Gator Bowl against LSU, putting up 42 with Jalen Milrow at quarterback. And I'm like, man, it's not the system. Jalen Real Milrow is just out here making plays. Man, that cat Jalen, did you see Jalen Milrow run over Harold Perkins going into the end zone? And stood over him left? I seen it. I, I seen just took it. my I said, dude, this guy Jalen Milrow is just, him and Jalen both, him and Jalen Daniels, before he got hurt, they were putting on a show. Absolutely. Both of them were putting on a show. It's incredible, man. So this is not, I'm not saying this to be apologetic about anything that has transpired with the play calling and the game plan. Look, I'm Notre Dame fans, I'm right there with you. Conversations need to happen and changes need to be made. So I'm right there with you. All I'm saying is that simplicity. Because all of us are like, oh, we need to be more creative offensively. We need to do this. No, you don't. No, you don't. You can be simple. Just get you some dudes, and you can be as simple as you want to be. Yeah. The Chicago Bulls ran triangle every time down. And they just reacted to what the defense did. That is the triangle offense. Simple, but you can be simple when you got them dudes. <laughs> you got them dudes. You can be real simple offensively. 
That's right. Left, when you brought up Brock Bowers, for Georgia, when they get in a pinch, it gets real simple offensively, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Get the ball to 19. I don't care how we give it to them. Run, screen, post, crossing route. Any way they can. Any way they can, man. Left, you said it. You, you've all, you've been an offensive coordinator, and I'm sure veteran offensive coordinators say it all the time. In the big games, in the big moments, it ain't about the play call. It's the player. Like we don't offensive players. I mean, uh, offensive coordinators, veterans. They don't call plays. They try to get the ball to players in big situations. And that's it. And truth of the matter is, Notre Dame has some some good players. They don't have that lead dog in the wide receiver room. I believe they have a couple of dogs in the running back room. Three to be exact. The tight end room has always had a dog. He just tore his ACL against Pitt. Offensive line has always had a dog. You know, I see a lot of people going in on Joe Rudolph. Can I say something left? This offensive line has had three different coaches, dude. Blake yeah. Fisher's had three different coaches with three different mindsets. As much, and I watched the game again, right? Blake Fisher stunk for the last eight minutes. It was bad. I didn't hear Xavier Thomas's name before the fourth quarter at all. As much as people want to bring up his name for the last two series, I ain't hear. I know I watched the first three series and I watched Blake Fisher put him on his face at least two or three times. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking. That's what I'm talking about, man. At dude, because we don't have the dogs. Everything else that we do have has to be perfect. The O-line has to be perfect. The tight end has to be perfect. The dogs we have on defense have to be perfect, right? People complaining about the defense for Clemson. They gave up 21 points That's right. on a bad day. Think about that. On a bad day, this defense gave up 21 points. Had a bad day as a run defense. Gave up 21 points. So if our best is not perfect, yo, it's not going to work out. And heck, when our best, the defense played flawless against Ohio State. Did they not? Darn near flawless. We can talk about the end of the game a lot. The offensive line played... Darn it, flawless against Ohio State. We lost. We lost. So it's not you talk about coordinators and all that. Dude, you need players. You need difference makers. That's the key thing. You need difference makers, man. Right? 
Yeah. And unfortunately, Marcus Freeman was not able to hold on to his biggest difference makers in his 2023 recruiting class. That's mm -hmm. really it. If Keon Keeley, Dante Moore, and Peyton Bowen were in Notre Dame uniform, you're, you wouldn't be questioning who the dogs are going to be next year. You wouldn't be worried about the quarterback play next year. It's, yo, it's, this is the real conversation. It is what it is. You have to find those guys. And hopefully, C.J. Carr is one of those guys. Hopefully, Deuce Knight, Kenny Mitchell is one of those guys. And people are like, you guys always look, Steve, I've watched practice, man. I don't look, my opinion of Steve Angeli is not changing. I've watched him for two years in practice. Yeah. The, can, he be a good, yeah. can he be a it good quarterback? For being the dude. No, can he be a good quarterback? Yes. Because that's not based upon me. That's based upon the work he puts in. Right. Yes, he can be a good quarterback. Steven Jelly is not a dude. So are we talking? And that's not being disrespectful. He's not a dude. He ain't CJ Stroud. No. He's just not. Not Trevor Lawrence. And because we say that, you know, people feel like we're being disrespectful towards him. He's not a dude. You know a dude when you see him. You know it. He's just not a dude. Didn't we stack the box and beg Klubnik to beat? Nah, the problem is they really didn't stack the box. Go look at Moffat's first touchdown. They didn't stack the box. And K Klubnik didn't do anything. K Klubnik was throwing BLTs all over the field. The yeah. the pass and Cam Hart should have intercepted the uh, pass interference. Yeah, he, he airmailed two balls, one over the middle that DJ Brown just couldn't get to. The Xavier Watts picked one off. Like, dude, K Klubnik was throwing B. Dude, they tried not to put the ball in K Klubnik's hands. The running back ran 36 times. K. Klubnik didn't beat Notre Dame. That K. Klubnik had a Drew Pine game from last year. Yeah. That's it. And like John Massey said, like, yo, K. Klubnik had the success he had in the passing game. When, uh, Cam Hart and Benjamin Morrison went to the sideline, which I don't, which I don't care. I don't have a problem with it. You know why? Because it's the same thing they've been doing every game. Every game at that point, they go to the sideline, and the youngsters come in. No matter who the opponent has been, that's what they've done. Oh, I know. We, we, dude, Mike Mickens knows what he's doing. Mike Mickens knows how to develop defensive backs. No problem with that. None. If Tyree doesn't muff the punt and 10 doesn't throw a pick six, 
What's the score left? Yeah, we up probably by 10. It's, it's 23-21 Notre Dame. As bad as they played, that's the game. That's it. That's it. They didn't need to, honestly. Uh, I'm going to keep it real. Notre Dame didn't need to stack the box. They blew assignments and didn't tackle in the first half. Jack Kaiser said it. They didn't need to stack the box. What did they do late in the game, Lev? Marcus Freeman said it. Remember, you brought it up yesterday. We finally started tackling in the second half. That's what he said. We finally started tackling, and all of a sudden, we were able to get stops. Five consecutive stops. Five consecutive punts for Clemson. Why? Fundamentals. Just tackle. Tackle the big dude. And don't blow an assignment that gives him a clear lane to a touchdown. DJ Brown? That's it. That's it. Do your job. Clemson probably comes up with 17 and 20 points. And the defense still played well on a bad day. Still, on a bad day. This is, and this is why I was kind of upset with how nice Marcus Freeman was being towards Clemson. The fact that they didn't stack the box was disrespectful to Clemson. Like, dude, we know. Y'all can't pass the ball. And we're still not going to stack the box. We just have to play better. And we'll, we, can, we can shut y'all running game down with six, seven in the box. And when they finally start playing good, sound football in the second half, that's exactly what they were able to do, left. Shut no. them down. So, and I, man, I tip my cap to Jack Kaiser and what he said. Man, we're not worried about what the offense is doing. We're worried about ourselves. We had too much to get right from the first half going into the second half. Like, man, we don't worry about that. We go do our jobs. I was like, that's accountability. I don't care if you're 11 and 1, 12 and 0, 10 and 2. Give me a team that's going to be accountable, whoever they put out on the field. And I'm cool with that. Dabo should be puffing his chest out. He outcoached Marcus Freeman. Heat man, did you see how Dabo collapsed on the sideline? Like, yeah. oh, oh, thank God. <laughs> thank After God. they got that last interception? Thank God. He, he collapsed like, God. oh, thank God. The same dude. The same, he felt the same as David Shaw in Notre Dame Stadium. David Shaw just smirked. Yeah. Smirked like, ooh, I got away with one. Got away with Abbo one. was the same way on Saturday. Got ooh. away with one. Got away with one. See, John Massey, the, the big difference is 
if you had a Tyler from like Mitchell Walker call in to Marcus Freeman, Marcus Freeman would handle that situation totally different. Marcus Freeman mess around and pray for the dude <laughs> at the end. <laughs> Real talk. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Left, you got anything before we get out of here, man? Great show so far, man. Great man, show. Man, this was a great show. The chat is always dope. Uh, we had to push the show back. Some things came up. We're back on tomorrow. Left, where are you on the call this week? Do you know? Uh, I have this week uh, San Diego State versus Colorado State. Oh, you're back. You're close to the crib this week. Man, finally. <laughs> But so you so you're just driving? You're just driving? Or you got to I'm not driving to Colorado. No, no. I thought Colorado. it was that San Diego State. I'm sorry. Oh, I mean, this side of the I mean, this side of the world, you know. Usually I'm always going to the Midwest. <laughs> to the Midwest and then the East Coast. But yeah, I'm glad you're close though. Oh, yeah. That that flight is is quick. You've been, bro. I tip my cap to you, man, especially with connecting flights. You've been on some marathon flights on Sundays. Bro. Oh, man. That's why when we do our Monday show, I understand, like, after 45 minutes, I'm like, yeah, left is winding down, dude. Yeah. <laughs> if you, have you want, having more energy when I say, yeah, well, let's go, and then when I get there, I'm like, oh, <laughs> Right, right. Left hit me like, you ready to go? You ready to record? You get to that 45-minute mark, left is like, man. Jeez. That's that cross country flying all the time, bro. <laughs> Changing time zones. It ain't no joke. Not easy. Man. But left on the call, CBS Sports Network. San Diego State goes up to Colorado State. Colorado State, it's gonna be fun talking to Jay Norvell. They got some really good receivers left. Oh yeah. They got some talent for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Lucky Lefty Podcast. You know what time it is? It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction Petty Story of the Day brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. That premium American whiskey, MalikZaire.com. For that Anora whiskey and also for your traveling needs. Notre Dame fans, you need to book a flight during the holiday season. Go to MalikZaire.com. They'll get you right. Lowest fares out there. Left, I got to put your boy LeBron James on the petty track. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. It's, he had to do all that. Man, look. You're in Miami. We know they're going to ask you about your time in Miami. Uh, you still holding grudges because Pat Riley didn't acquiesce to you. Get over it, man. <laughs> Tell you to get over it. My man, if you don't go to Miami, you're sitting on two championships. Maybe. 
Maybe. I don't know how that Cleveland one point turns out if you don't go to Miami. Stop. The social media age is, is messing you up, dude. Because you always feel like everything is a debate about your you career. Said, well, you said it's messing him up? It's messing him up, dude. Because you know he is the social media star for the NBA. Like, he hit as soon as the internet was taken off. Like, that was the collision. His career, the internet, social media, he is really like the, the first social media baby in the NBA. Yeah. And uh, Wimby is about to be the next. Wimby might go to a whole nother stratosphere. Real talk. You think so? Yeah, dude. But he's not as personable as LeBron. Like, Wimby think, can't, I, Wimby can't I, I do no Sprite commercial. Mm. I think it'll come out. I just think he's being passive with it. Okay. Because I watch him with his teammates. And he's not, you know, his team, him and his teammates, like, the way they, you know, react to one another, it's like, yo, he's one of the boys. Like, yeah, they they, nah, he's definitely one of the boys. They, they respect him a lot. And they have a young squad. So to see that, I'm like, okay, his personality eventually will come out. But, yeah, Bron, let that go, man. Just let it go. Just stop defending yourself. Feeling like you always have to defend yourself. Get your records. Get the assist record, points record, and just let your career speak for itself, dude. You can't. Like, you, Mav, and Rich, man, y'all got to stop. Y'all be out here on campaigns. And for what? Dude, either you one or two, depending on depending upon who you're talking to. That's it. You will never be the clear-cut number one. I'm sorry, man. It's it's not happening. That's just the way people are. Some people are going to say Mike. Some people are going to say you. Some people might even say Kareem. That's life, man. All this camp campaigning, you all are doing because you feel like it should be no, it should be obvious. It shouldn't even be close. Stop it, man. The disrespect you show in Miami and what they meant to your career and your development and how you turn from, you know, me no lion with no courage to the monster that you are now. All of that happened in Miami with D-Wade, bro. So you owe Pat Riley and you owe D-Wade. Because after you disappeared against the Dallas Mavericks with J.J. Barea and Jason Terry sticking you in the fourth quarter, yeah, after you disappeared, it was D-Wade that came to you in the offseason and said, dude, you got to lead this team. You got to be the dog. And you got it done. But somebody had to teach you how to win, bro. Stop acting like you knew how to win a championship. You didn't. Because if you did, you would have stayed in Cleveland. No, no, you wouldn't, because you knew they would have never gave you the talent you needed. I'll give you that much respect. But man, what you think? What was the buzz about uh the debut of uh James Harden last night out there, left? They don't respect the Clippers out here, so it don't even matter. 
They still don't respect the Clippers. Oh, as I get, no. hey man, I talked about Hannah Dalgo, Marcus Burton. Hey man, that dude Isaiah Collier for USC. Oh yeah, top five pick in the NBA draft next year. Book it. Book it. That kid can go. And with my boy Boogie Ellis, yeah, I'll be. I'm, I'm definitely going to some USC games this year. Oh yeah, hopefully Bonnie comes back. He's supposed to be back in January. You let me. What I've heard left is that if his parents weren't who they were, Bronny would probably be playing. You understand what I'm saying? That's interesting. Yeah, like Bron ain't playing. Bron ain't playing with his son's life. Yeah. Yeah, other situations where, you know, you got parents that, you know, don't know really, don't know sports, don't have a father that really spends a lot of money on his body and knows some things, has a lot of people he can consult with. You know, because he's been cleared to kind of like do light work and stuff. They said you would probably see Bronny during the early stages. But now, because his dad is LeBron, yeah, they're not playing that game at all. Like, no. Y'all will see him in January. So, and, you know, they should value his life over college basketball. That's right. All right, left. it's Tuesday, man. What you watching tonight? Well, we got NBA games on tonight. We got something. Yeah. I think I'm gonna check a couple of shows out, a couple of documentaries. It might be a YouTube podcast documentary night. Tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock, left? Yep. All right. Love you left the podcast, man. Have a great day. Make sure you spend it different. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio.